0: And that is the meaning of life. Excuse me? I'll take questions now.
1: Yeah, I bloody well hope so. You've not said anything meaningful. I, you went into the shower about two hours ago and have clearly shaved your head poorly, I might add. It makes you look like a used eraser from a six-year-old's pencil case. But after about 45 minutes and threats to call the landlord if you didn't get out, you turned off the shower, didn't unlock the room. And then proceeded to make exaggerated um sounds, which I presume is supposed to be om, the meditative practice. But the closest you've been to zen is watching the last airbender or ogling strange drawings of Brazilian women in postman outfits. To top it all off, you've just now emerged from the bathroom, which smells like shit, did a theatric bow and announced, And that is the meaning of life. What is? What is the meaning of life? Prat, you deranged loon, I thought that crap you pulled with the landlord's daughter would have gotten you kicked out by this. Has to take the cake.
0: Such is life among the unenlightened.
1: I'll unenlighten your face if you don't.
0: Silence, peon. You are obviously unaware of the curiosity project.
1: What's the curiosity project?
2: What are the three things you value most in life?
3: Three things that I value most in life. Uh. Oh fuck. We're just we're just going right out of the park with this. Going the... straight in. <laughs> My initial first thing is um. Okay, I'm 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 coming up with it. It's cooking. Okay, I think I, I, I think I know. I, t- I took some time and I think I know. Cool. It's the three C's. You ready for this? The three C's. I'm
2: ready. Okay, I've never heard of this before. Let's go.
3: Yeah, I just made this up. Uh <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, cooking, comrades, and coochie.
2: <laughs> of course. The three C's. Like- cooking. What do you like cooking? This is Uh, the second person that's after saying this to me. Like, cook it. Food.
3: Yeah, so, the interesting thing about food as a concept is that we never had to make it fancy. Like, if we wanted to, we could just eat raw berries and, like, vegetables if we wanted to. But some motherfucker with fire was like, you know what? What if we made these warm and then just, like, from then on, history, like, changed into, like, all of these, like, culinary, like, like, these culinary, like, uh, just, ah, I love cooking so much, and the reason why I love cooking is that, like, honestly, it's, like, I've said this in an interview before, but cooking has taught me more about music than any other producer has, because uh, it teaches me a lot about my limitations and, like, how to, like, add by, like, how to subtract by adding things. It's a really complicated process that I'm, like, starting to, like, get the hang of. I never like, I never really learned how to cook when I was younger. Like, it was, like, a skill that I had to, like, kind of learn on my own after I moved out. And, uh, like, ever since then, I've been, like, really proud of what I've been making. And, like, I'm so, so for a little bit of backstory, I just became vegan, like, two months prior to, like, recording this interview. And I, um, like, yeah, like, two or three months or something like that. And it's been, like, the limitations have been really hard, but, like, I've been really trying to, like, get out of my comfort zone for example uh i have a roommate of mine who's filipino and we made vegan diniguan which is originally made with uh pork blood it's so obviously i couldn't have the regular version so like uh we found like a recipe for like vegan diniguan which was like which was like it used pureed black beans and it was it was
2: really really good it was like really i can't cook for shit uh, so I'm hearing this, I'm going like, oh my God, this thing, uh, what I can do is I can cook the nicest hash browns you've ever tasted. Uh, Ooh,
3: and, the interesting yeah. thing about like cooking, uh, like, is that like, okay, this is going to sound so cheesy, but like, you know, you know, that scene in Ratatouille where like that, that dude is like, anyone can cook, you know, like that's kind of true <laughs> because that like cooking ranges from like literally making like the simplest dish of scrambled eggs or it can like be like a five course meal like it really depends on like what you see as cooking and to like reduce cooking down to just like to like only call cooking like the fanciest shit like that it's really reductive i feel like like a boxed mac and cheese cooking if you like think of it as that way and like any de- like if if you made a depression meal like with a stove at any point like that's cooking. You made a quesadilla with just cheese, okay, that's cooking.
2: You know, like do you, do you want the most student meal I've ever eaten? Oh uh, yes, please. It, okay, so it's bread, olive butter, sweet corn, and crisps or chips as you guys call them, like hunky dory you know tato you don't have tato uh what's it like an american chips brand i don't, I don't
3: lays know.
2: lays yeah in it crunch eat delicious
3: that's cooking the, that's cooking that's that's cooking yeah <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like it's not the fanciest meal in the world but that's cooking you know
2: it's oh delicious. i you should try it
3: you you know, you know what's a really good um what's a really good uh like depression meal that i've been trying to spread the word on <laughs> Okay so it, it is um so I'm not sure if you have this in Ireland but uh in America we have this thing like this brand Progresso like do you have Progresso?
2: I don't know okay, if that is like, no. <laughs>
3: okay it's like a soup brand and uh pretty much pretty much all you have to do is you have to find like a garden vegetable soup like a pretty plain basic garden vegetable soup. You cook mm-hmm. rice on the side uh like as you're like heating up the soup and then you add a shit ton of curry powder to the garden vegetable soup and like a little bit of salt if it's low sodium because you know fuck low sodium uh but then you uh then you uh put it all together like you pour it on top of the rice and it's like the it's like the easiest depression curry that you can ever make and like it's actually (laughs) kind of good like not gonna lie it makes like two servings so you can have leftovers the next night
2: this is the point where if I actually had a budget, you'd like do, you'd hire an artist to like draw that out and like do it. Or like, you know, those top down BuzzFeed, like here's a recipe in 30 seconds. Man. <laughs> yeah, that's where <laughs> like, I would put like that in if I had a videos. budget. videos. God yeah, damn, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. In your answer for cooking, you have touched on three C's in one go. Uh, Coochie and Comrades in the same thing, because like.
3: You can like cook. You can cook your way to coochie. You can cook yourself to camaraderie. <laughs> Yo, that, cooking like... for coochie. A dating, a <laughs> cooking. Oh, my God. This is, this is, I'm writing this down. Hold on.
2: <laughs> Don't steal. <laughs> you get... Don't steal this idea. No, no, you can have it. So tell me a memory which shaped you.
3: Ooh, okay. The first thought that I had was when I was, uh, I think it was a tween. Uh, and I played basketball as a kid and, um, I like, I played a lot of sports as a kid. Uh, I, I'm, I don't remember if I wanted to or not. It's just one of those situations, <laughs> but like I was playing basketball at the time and I like was, I was scoring the goals and hitting those points and whatnot. And,
2: uh, and so on and so forth as you do yeah. sports ball. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and uh then afterwards I like went home like still in my uh basketball uniform and I was playing Yoshi's Story and which is like one of my favorite games and that ending theme like has made me cry several times <laughs> like no lie. But um I unlocked a new level which is like rare in Yoshi's Story cuz like the format of Yoshi's Stories is like they have like four levels per like land and you pretty you pretty much only have to play one level per page it's very rare that you unlock a new one uh or at least in my experience of playing the game which was i was a kid so i didn't like understand like all the the game logic yeah. and whatnot but uh either it's, way it's fun
2: you just yeah you're just, it's I it's
3: think. just fun and it's yeah. really hard to unlock new levels and i finally unlocked a new level and then afterwards i like I beat the level like not only was it just like it wasn't just any level it was a level with like a boss battle which are also rare in Yoshi's story I think it was the boss battle with like um like the like the really like it's like it's like the really round guy that like you can like take his pants off or whatever I don't remember like is this
2: are you sure this was Yoshi's story (laughs) I am
3: sure it was Yoshi's story it was like one of those things where it's like you like you like oh god like now that i'm describing it like this it sounds really sexual but it was very
2: innocent <laughs> innocent right. and, and pure yeah
3: you use your tongue to lick his pants off do you, is that what you want me to say is that what you want me to say because that's what that's you do the
2: content people are subscribing for <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh yeah but anyways uh yeah so like you you do that and then you win the level and then So I won the level, and that means that I could, like, replay it at any time, which was, like, wild to me, because I was like, holy shit, I unlocked this new level. So I ran outside, like, as fast as I could, because my mom was, like, I literally ran into the hallway. I was like, mom! And I couldn't hear her, so I was like, I was like, I guess she must be outside. So I ran outside, and I was like, mom, mom, guess what? And I trip, and I fall, And I, like, I got a gash in my knee, like, a really large gash in my knee. And then I had to have surgery. Shit. And, uh, like, I don't even remember getting, like, anesthesia for the surgery. It was just, like, (laughs) they just, like, fucking kept me awake, but kept me, like, not looking at the fucking shit. And I remember just, like, screaming in pain the whole time. And it was, like, one of the most painful experiences I ever have. And I still have the scar. And I, like, I remember that I had, like, I had to, like, shower with, um, plastic bag wrapped around my knee uh because that, like i couldn't get the cast wet and like we even took pictures of this like the fresh stitches just to like creep people out afterwards <laughs> i i don't remember where those pictures are but i remember very vividly what they looked like and oh god they're disgusting i like that that <laughs> that probably shaped something in me that probably gave me a fear of uh yoshi
2: in fear of Yo- yeah definitely that uh, <laughs> that whole experience really evoked to me how scared you were of Yoshi's story yeah yeah, uh,
3: yeah Yoshi, Yoshi's story uh, caused me to to rip my knee open
2: uh, did your mom at least care that you unlocked a new level in Yoshi's story
3: I don't remember I, she was kind of busy <laughs> because of the <laughs> aforementioned knee gash priorities come on
2: <laughs> so uh what's your favorite color
3: that's mm-hmm. been going that's like been like here and there it used like my first favorite color that i remember was purple but like slowly it morphed over time into becoming like like satin red and then afterwards it became like a cool mint but now it is thrift store t-shirt yellow let me let me try to find the exact hex code for this cuz like i found it recently so it's a, it's, a, it's a good hex code it's like fcbe03 yes that warm comfortable thrift store t-shirt yellow yes that is my current favorite color
2: tell me in as much detail as you can about something you knew of which once existed and now does not
3: okay oh okay here is uh here's a thing that does not exist anymore to my knowledge there was this uh vine account that i followed it was a really weird name but it was like the it was like the reason like that account was the reason that the like um like like Adderall, Glass of Whiskey, and Diesel Jeans Vine got so popular. Like that was the account that posted it. Um and it was like it was like one of those like compilation vine accounts where it just like found weird things on the internet and just sort of like reposted them. And back when that was okay. Back when that was chill, yeah. <laughs> and one of the vines that they posted, I'm assuming it was a rapper recording ad libs for like a track. <laughs> and he he like it's shot entirely from behind the back on a really nice camera (laughs) so all he does like he's he's in a black shirt he's completely bald and he's like in a completely dark room for some reason like it's like it's a really like like it's like a really low amount of colors and like like the pop filter the microphone is even is even like a dark gray i think and like he like walks up to the mic and he goes Eh. Eh. And then he takes off his headphones and it's like really squeaky for some reason, like him taking off the, <laughs> micro- the headphones is like really like,
2: like, like it's really- Boots. really,
3: <laughs> it's like Spongebob boots level style squeaky. And it is my third favorite vine and I have not been able to find it since i know i have found my second and first favorite vines on the internet but uh like like strand like stranded like random places but i've never been able to find that third one again
2: what i think what i love about like youtube compilations uh like oh like you know especially in the modern era it's like TikToks that radiate vine energy or i don't know like yeah personally i love people who take that format and parody it again which is like you know uh, Russian invasion videos that radiate Vine energy, which is like, yeah, that's what I want to watch on a Tuesday evening. Um, But <laughs> I, I love that they do capture this essence of Vine, because after Vine went down, there was thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours of content, or millions of hours of content just gone in a second. I know they gave you the Six opportunity seconds. to say ha-ha! Ha-ha! Ah! Yeah. Ah! Comedy! <laughs> um, we love comedy. We stand. Yeah. We 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 stand a good comedian, uh, and it's like these shitty like capitalist vulture YouTube channels that took these somehow did a world archival service and preserved them, uh, and, and in some very fascinating way. And it's like this was evil at the time, but it now kind of serves as a reminder: what if anything is perfect?
3: I am. I'm going to quote one of my favorite quotes of all time uh, by Craig Benzine, Wheezy Waiter. This is like, to this day, this is one of my favorite quotes, uh, which is, nothing is perfect, therefore being perfect is being nothing, and that's a great way to lose weight.
2: (laughs) And you heard it here first, folks. I mean, (laughs) I I suppose you probably heard it in Weezer. Yeah, Never mind. Uh, (laughs) So who is your favorite character from fiction of any kind and why?
3: Fuck, that's hard. Okay. I'd say, oh, I like keep on like remembering different characters and different fictional things and then being like, oh, damn, I also got to like add that one in too. So I'm going to, I'm going to say my, my favorite character, the one that keeps on popping up that I keep on like being like, yeah, this is probably the one. Sophia Petrillo from the Golden Girls. So number one. She embodies a very devil may care attitude that like a lot of old people sort of like emphasize, but in a way that's not awful, uh, <laughs> like in a way that's like, in a way like, cause normally it comes across as crotchety and offensive, but like Sophia Petrillo's character, like is very caring and very loving. And the, like the reason that they explain, well, they only explain it once in the pilot, but pretty much they say like, oh, like she had a stroke that like caused her to like lose the part of her brain that like cares about like politeness and shit like that, which is a bullshit explanation, but they like stopped explaining it that way after the pilot. So I don't consider it canon. Uh, But either way, it's like she embodies that spirit of like devil may care, uh, like for the rest of time. And the thing is, she is like still very like caring and loving and all the things that she says, even when they're like, like really like, uncaring come from a caring place like there's several episodes where like she like does like a lot for her community uh like besides just like within her house like still as like this old lady and i just like she's an inspiration to all of us and more people (laughs) should be more like sophia the
2: way that that is described like i've never watched the golden girls Um, yeah yeah, I've never watched it, but like I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, <laughs> I, listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I play a lot of video games. But I don't, I don't watch TV too often. Uh, I did, however, watch the Midnight Gospel, which if you haven't watched, you totally should. It's fucking great. It's from um, Duncan Russell and the dude who did Adventure Time, Pendleton Ward, I think. Um, I've been
3: hearing a lot about Midnight Gospel. As soon as I finish BoJack, I'm going to try to start it. Oh, I still haven't finished BoJack. That's how behind I am on shit.
2: Oh, don't, don't even worry about it. It's like. This is the sort of thing where you're not really going to get spoiled so you're, you're it's fucking good. Just imagine mm-hmm. imagine like Pink Floyd LSD trip with like sitting at the edge of the universe and you've you've just got it and it's really cool. But uh the way that um that character is like oh she had a stroke and now the part of her brain is gone. Uh you ever heard of Phineas Gage? No. Oh, about to learn you something good here. Uh Phineas Gage was a railway worker in the 1800s uh, on American on an American railway, uh, I think in the south of America. And he was like an upstanding member of his community. He was like a really good person. Um, he used to treat his employees with respect. He was a foreman. Um, so the way they used to like launch these spikes into the ground was they used to detonate TNT uh, and the spike would like lock into place. And one time he was like placing these and he accidentally detonated the TNT and the spike went through his face, right? And by all accounts in the 1800s, if you got a spike through your face, you were pretty much dead. Uh, But Phineas was not dead. Phineas got the spike through his head and it destroyed the part of his brain which felt remorse. And Phineas became a total fucking bastard. He started drinking and smoking and beating the crap out of people. He was a total asshole for like, like uh, like seven or eight months afterward then for the next five years like there his friends like had a little funeral for him as uh, like because they were like you know the phineas that we knew died on that day and he had to basically relearn emotions after the spike went through his head and destroyed the part of his brain um now neuroplasticity and everything meant that he could eventually right and he he died like a really you know not not exactly an upstanding member after being a dickhead for like you know six or seven months or even to the coast about five years but phineas gage is like commonly used in philosophy and uh, neuroscience to be like your brain has more effect on you than you think it, it does
3: that's that's really fucking cool god okay so one interesting thing about like so the golden girls for a show in the 80s it was pretty progressive uh like by today's standards there's like a lot of things that are dated for sure but like but, like, they had an episode where, like, Rose had an AIDS scare. Like, they, like, tackled some Fuck. serious fucking topics on that show. And, like, it's supposed to be a comedy. But, like, they tackle it in a way that's, like, oh, God, it's so good. Because, like, like I'm just going to talk about the AIDS episode of Golden Girls for a sec. Just for, like, a hot sec. But pretty much.
2: We're just going to lean we... into it there for a sec. Uh...
3: Yes. So, so like, one of the best, the best interactions in that show, like, of all time was pretty much, like, uh, between Rose and Blanche, uh, because Rose is, like, this very innocent, naive person, and Blanche is, like, like, one of her characteristics, one of her, like, personality traits is that she is known as, like, the slut of the house, so, like, at one point, Rose is, like, 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 I can't believe that, like, I might have AIDS, like, I'm not like you, and then Blanche, like, like sits back in her chair and like is like shocked and is like this is not like a bad person's disease this is not god punishing people for their sins this is just something that happens to people and like it's a very serious tense fucking moment it's a very serious tense scene but like at the time when like aids was like considered just like like a like a disease that only gay people had and that only gay people were affected by and that it was like comeuppance for like the sin of homosexuality at the time like it was fucking huge and like they also had an episode like they had an episode where so Sophia and so so see Sophia's Dorothy's mother Dorothy is the other character that's not so uh that's not Rose or Blanche um or Sophia uh and she is the daughter of Sophia I just so want to Sophia's cut for a like,
2: sec just just to say that like if you can imagine me now like red red string tying like pictures of old ladies together being like this character is related to this character and this character that's me at the moment that's you at the moment yeah i'm crime sceneing this shit yeah anyway let's go
3: (laughs) uh but yeah so it's like there's one part where where like they constantly reference like as a joke and like in retrospect it's very dated but like they they mention as a joke constantly that like that like dorothy's brother phil is like a cross-dresser like that's like a thing that like they talk constantly like make jokes about in the show. But there's one episode where like where it's like all of a sudden they take it seriously and Phil fucking dies. You never meet Phil in the show, but you do meet (laughs)
2: Phil's (laughs) wife.
3: You never meet Phil in the show, but you meet Phil's wife at the funeral. Like that's the first time you meet Phil's wife. And it was like one of those things where it was like the generation gap of sort of like uh Sophia being a very like not conservative woman but she like is very like old timey and like tried to understand it but couldn't and it's like the more that she talked to the wife the more that like she understood what was going on and that it wasn't just like him being like like unlearning all of this like bullshit that she sort of assumed about uh her um her kid phil and like it's like surprisingly a good episode that like it doesn't hold up entirely, but there's parts of it that are like, oh, like like seeing how like my family had reacted to my transness, I kind of like can see all of the dynamics of all of these characters sort of like come to life. And um, and it was just like a very surreal experience for me as like an at the time closeted trans woman. Ah, uh, just seeing like, cause like, not not that I'm like conflating cross dressing with transness or anything like that, but like you get what I'm talking about. But
2: the cis population's reaction to both is extremely similar. So I can I can definitely yes! see it. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yes, it, that's it... what I mean. So it's like 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 this like the cis reactions to it were very much like yeah. At the end of the episode, sorry for interrupting you, but uh, yeah. at the end of the episode, um, I don't remember what the exact line is, but Sophia just like sort of like finally admits that like. Like, no matter what happened, like, no matter what, like, like, no matter what Phil was going through, or uh, no matter what Phil was doing uh, with like his decisions in his life, uh, Sophia still like misses who he was, including the parts of him that were like, like, that like she kind of admits that she shouldn't have frowned upon so much, which is like a very hard moment to sort of talk about, especially in the 80s to take like a cross-dresser character like seriously in any semblance again in the 80s not very common they had several gay characters on that on that show and like several like like lgbt and even though that they were side characters uh like they kind of discussed them in a very like sensitive manner for at least the 80s and so like that show is a really interesting study on like how much culture has changed uh in terms of like acceptance of certain things and like what what is dated what is not dated and like the common element of what keeps like what keeps the show fresh to this day is an element of love and care and that's what i really appreciate about that show is that like for a sitcom it was very genuine and it was like very touching and like it like discussed some serious fucking topics but golden girls is one of my favorite shows of all time you could probably tell but
2: uh what what you're essentially describing there is this element of like yeah this was in the 80s which is like 40 years ago but empathy and like self-respect and self-decision and like just generalized support doesn't change across 40 years the concept of being kind doesn't change across 40 years like gilmore girls in many ways oh gilmore girls fucking golden girls Because in my head, right, the 80s is just this one vague... It's Rick Ashley dancing and several different Top Gun movies and then The Golden Girls. Uh, But Golden Girls says... Ronald Reagan.
3: Ronald Reagan, like... (laughs) was oh god to like do a show like golden girls in the reagan era was uh very very progressive these are like old women that are like constantly talking like there is a scene there's a scene where like rose is embarrassed to buy condoms and like like they talk about like sexual health in that show and shit like that like this this like like fuck tumblr golden girls is what made me the sjw that i am today (laughs)
2: What you're essentially saying is everyone should watch Golden Girls.
3: Everybody should watch Golden Girls with an open with an open mind and also a critical with a with a critical lens, because there are parts of that show that are yeah and an open heart because there are parts of that show that are dated, but it's like finding the parts of the show that are dated and the finding the parts of the show that aren't really is what sets Golden Girls apart from other like comedies that date very easily because that it's a very loving show in the end but
2: yeah that's 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 one of my special interests i guess this kind of pivots perfectly into into the next question which is what fascinates you
3: music uh i i think you could guess that by the by the fact that i'm a musician and shit but um i am constantly impressed and amazed by music and what's really interesting about like how i approach music is i've been saying this a lot lately because i just came to this realization but i make the music that i want to hear and if I can't make the music that I want to hear then like that's like the only music that I'll actively listen to that's not my own (laughs) and like it sounds narcissistic I understand how it sounds but it's like truly sort of like what is like what works for me because it's just like I understand part, like, if I want to listen to jazz, I understand I cannot make a jazz song. So I listen to jazz, but I can make an electronic song. So I'll just make my own electronic song. And um, it's really interesting because uh, viewing it from a lens of like, I want to make music that I want to listen to. And if I want to listen to a song that's, for example, like, like a rock influenced, like hip hop beat or something like that, then I'll make that. And if I don't like it, then, like, I'll listen to more of, like, that genre and understand, like, what makes this sound sincere? What makes this sound, like, what, what about this intrigues me? What about this makes me want to listen? And, like, that process has really sort of, like, improved my ability to sort of, like, cross genres. And I'm still not to the point where I want to be, but, like, I feel like I'm at much a much better point than I was in like high school in terms of like crossing genres because i was pretty much making like the same this like a like like a very similar sound for all them but now i'm like all over the fucking
2: place and i kind of love it the way you're describing it sounds have you ever um seen montage of heck it's that animated documentary detailing kirk cobain's life
3: oh fuck i really wanted to see that sound that name sounds so familiar i really wanted to see it but i don't know where i could find it anymore
2: it's also the name of his like little ep thing that he made where he like compiled a bunch of like you know radio skits and, and like music and like it was just for him he made this tape just for him because he wanted to listen to this stuff it's like this weird um so it goes from like one second the dude describing like toilet paper commercials to like like a harsh metal riff to like everything like that or like beans he has this weird skit in the middle of it where he talks about beans and-
3: Look, I. For Beans, actually, I I had a uh, I had like a my well, my sister did. Uh, my sister had a Nirvana box set and Beans was one of the songs on the box set. I think the I think the box set was called With the Lights Out.
2: And yeah, uh, it's on With the Lights Out. A lot of the excerpts from Montage Pack. Uh, yeah. On. And I
3: remember Beans being like a classic in my household, at least when I was a kid, because, you know, that shit like entertains the fuck out of you when you're a kid. <laughs> Just some yeah. dude singing beans in a high-pitched voice, 645 <laughs> AR who, you know? Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, and so, like, it's, it's, it's really interesting then to, to hear you go, well, like, I'm just making the shit that I want to listen to. Because, in essence, a lot of creative people are, are saying the same thing. It's like, there is something missing from my life that, I, and I have the capacity to do it, so I do it. Like, I can't make music, but I can talk. I've been talking since I was a wee kid. You know, I just like talking and that's, that's all I'm doing. You've got a Uh, lot of
3: practice under your belt.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, Or like when I'm playing video games, I would love to design a video game, but I'm, I'm just like, make the shit that you want to. It's very, it is inspiring in some senses to hear you go, well, I'm just making it because I want to listen to it. And passion is what
3: always drives any successful artistic venture. And I say successful, not in the sense of like relative success where it's like, oh, I'm making a million dollars off of this song that I made because people have made songs that they're not passionate about that make like a bunch of money. But I'm defining success as personal pride in your project that resonates with people and sticks around with those people that it like resonates with.
2: Passion is everything. I like this is the. the the conversation we had before we started recording about like realness right i don't want to hear manufactured bullshit i don't want to hear what people think i want to hear i want to hear what people actually think and if you're passionate about something like you know you're not going to go on a four minute like tangent about the uh, the golden girls unless you actually care like unless you actually want to hear and i guarantee you 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 sit down there and you tell them speak about something you're passionate about you will be entranced it doesn't matter what it is because as you said passion is everything what other job would you like to do if you weren't a musician
3: if i wasn't a musician mm-hmm. um like so here's the thing all of the jobs that i want to have are in are somewhat involving music someone involving music in some capacity or the other Like, cause like they're, they're like, I've, I've said this to people where I like, I just kind of want to like make a name for myself as a, as an artist and then transition into a songwriter for other people and then make, make like a grand re-debut. Cause like, I feel like, like I talked about this before with somebody, but like, I feel like Fiona Apple did it like perfectly with Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Just like, I'm going to release a bunch of classic albums and then I'm going to take like a like a 15 20 year break and then i'm going to release the most classic album that i've ever released she is so fucking smart for that and like that's like what i want to do i just want to make like i want to make shit that i'm like really proud of and then not make anything for a while until i'm proud of another thing that i make and i don't want to solely make music for like fan service i want to make music that like i can still listen to and still am passionate to listen to and if that means like changing genres eventually like then it means changing genres or sound eventually but like back to the original question i feel like if i had to have another job one thing that i feel like would be really interesting to sort of like hone my craft and would be video editing i feel like Mm. i could be a good video editor Ooh, or you know what i actually have considered doing um becoming a um a cinematographer for skateboard videos
2: explain that
3: <laughs> like like have you ever seen a skateboard video where it's like like people skateboarding and like somebody is like shooting it very low of the ground and then like getting like these good fucking shots of like them landing the trick
2: yes yeah i have like uh the, like the dude that followed tony hawk around at the very beginning with the super a camera and he's like just probably as good a skater as Tony Hawk, but isn't he's just interested in getting Tony Hawk doing the kickflip.
3: That's like what I'd want to do. Like, I want to get like an old ass camera. I want to film people the way that I want to film people. And then I want to edit that shit. And then I want to give it back to them and let them post it whatever and like wherever. And like as long, like, because like I know some people in the skating community, which is like a very recent development in my life is that I just like all of a sudden like knew like a shit ton of skaters. But uh, they're all, like, very cool people. And, like, the queer skateboarding community especially is just so welcoming and so kind. And um, honest to God, like, one of the least toxic, like, like one of the least toxic groups of people that have ever been around, like, the queer skateboarding community. Not to say that there aren't, like, shitty people in that community because that there are shitty people in any community but um like it's it's really refreshing just to like just just like be a part of another community even if it's in a small way that's like really kind and really caring community like it like it like it gives me the similar sense of hope that like i felt when i started getting into sort of like the queer songwriting scene or like just the queer scene in general so i think i would want to give back to that community by like you know trying to shoot videos for them and shit
2: do you, do you skate can I, you skate
3: I actually do not which is the funny okay. shit about it I, <laughs> okay. uh, I do not skate however I did have a dream recently where I learned how to roller skate and I was just roller skating to the store and I really want to now learn how to roller skate and shoot all of my videos on roller skates
2: What is your most prized physical possession?
3: Uh, my first thoughts are actually a tie between two vinyl records uh, both of them are um, the first one is uh death grips government plates, which is like a really rare pressing that from like record store day.
2: death grips is just th- this uh, every time i hear death grips i'm like this is amazing it's like pure vitriolic energy uh it's pure like adrenaline yeah yeah
3: it's it was literally all i listened to in high school there was literally not a day in my senior year that i didn't listen to death grips at least once and that is not hyperbole
2: what is the other record
3: uh Frank Ocean's endless
2: shit that's that's like <laughs> you couldn't put those two together that's that's really interesting
3: yeah if i if i if i like ever needed money i could sell those probably for like a a good fucking chunk of money uh but like i i i hope that i never reach that point because i fucking love those records and like what's inter- okay so what's interesting about the death both of these records the common elements are two things. Number one, there were rare Record Store Day exclusives that were printed very limitedly. Number two, uh, they each came with um, an interesting insert. So Death Grips Government Plates comes with a license plate that's like a recreation of the license plate on the cover of the album, uh, which like people have seen in the background of my videos and been like, nice, Death Grips. And I'm like, yeah, Death Grips. And then uh, Frank Ocean's Endless is really interesting because uh, it's a 42 minute record or something like that so it could hypothetically fit on one disc but it's two discs and the reason why is because on the back of the album on the back of each of the discs there's like art printed on the back of the disc where if you overlay the two records on top of each other it spells endless in the endless font and it has like it's just a really interesting looking record and it's a really interesting way of going about that sort of type of pressing because that he knew that it was going to be limited and like he knew that he had to make it make it interesting and honestly that was just like one of the coolest fucking records that i've ever had access to and i'm 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 really fucking happy that i got it i because i remember asking for it for christmas because it was like the record store day that like like happened on black friday as opposed to the record store day that happens in like may and like i asked for it for christmas because i was like still like i I think was living with my parents still at that time And uh, they got it for me. And uh, I didn't listen to it for like a couple of months until I was like ready to. I listened to it on like this really, this really good uh, date with a person that like, we're not, we're not dating anymore, but we're still very good friends. Hi, Danny. But, uh, but like, like every time that I've listened to it with anybody, it's always been a very intimate, very wonderful, very fulfilling experience. And like, Even listening to it alone is just like, more people need to know about Frank Ocean's Endless because Blonde overshadowed it for no good reason. (laughs) Because Mitsubishi Sony is ten times better of a song than Pretty Sweet. I
2: have to be honest. What I've done here is I've, I've, on a piece of paper, written down these albums because I've not listened to either of them. Thank you for the recommendation.
3: Of course. Uh, Endless by Frank Ocean, by the way, uh, is really hard to find on streaming platforms. It's only available on Apple Music as a music video. But if you pirate the CDQ version of it, however, that shit is really nice. Uh, so I'm not advocating that you pirate Frank Ocean's Endless FBI. But uh, if you did, I wouldn't complain. Uh, that's all I'm saying.
2: You're not advocating it. It's just if it happens, it happens. That's If it
3: happens, it's out of my control. Uh, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, and cool. then Frank Ocean's uh wait well, no and then Death Grips Government Plates so I need to warn you about that album a lot of people consider it Death Grips's worst album which is not fucking true Year of the Snitch is right there but <laughs> anyways uh they consider it Death Grips's worst album because it's the least lyrical like a lot of it is very like repetitive like it's very much like hook based as opposed to um like verse based which uh since a lot of people listen to Death Grips for like rides fucking like raw as hell imagery in his lyrics people were kind of disappointed by that but the way that I see it is that it's Death Grips most house influenced album which is like a very strange way of like hearing about Death Grips because it was the first it was the first Death Grips album that released after I started getting into them so that was the first experience I'd ever had with like a fresh Death Grips release what's really interesting about Government Plates is that um it released about three days I th- either before or after um, Beyonce's self-titled came out, uh, and what's interesting about the correlation between the two is, <clears throat> okay, so okay, so I'm about to get into major conspiracy mode here. Uh, okay,
2: but... let's go. So I got... one second, let me just put on my tinfoil hat. Huh? Do you have um... your five G shields as well?
3: Oh yeah, I'm I'm constantly shielding myself from five G. Oh
2: yeah. It made me trans, so I just I just kinda of deal with the stitch.
3: Oh I, I've I've shielded all of my body except for my tits with uh with a foil just in case. Just so I can get so I can just so I can get a little bit more, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 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 But uh pretty much uh so my my theory with death grips is so first of all, there's a picture of Beyonce hanging out with death grips and Robert Pattinson that's just like floating around on the internet. I'm not sure if you've seen it.
2: Uh no, I can't say I have.
3: All you have to look up is Beyonce Death Grips and uh, <laughs> cool, and it'll be like the first thing that pops up because it's just the strangest picture. They're just backstage at a Beyonce concert and it's not fucking doctored. Like Robert Pattinson has talked about this before. Like he's like friends with Zach Hill or some shit like that. It's like a picture of them at the Beyonce concert. And then they release Government Plates, an album that has a music video for every song three days either before or after Beyonce self-titled, also famous for being a record that had a music video for every song. They were released like within the same week. Then um, a couple of years later, uh, Formation and Hothead release on the same exact day, which was just like the the more that I see the correlations between Beyonce and Death Grips, the more that I can't stop seeing them, which leads me to believe that Ride himself is Becky with the good hair.
2: Ooh, ooh, you've just, you've blown the case wide open.
3: I've blown the case wide open.
2: Remember that mental image from earlier of the, like, crime scene That you've, <laughs> you've just added two new strings, and you've blown the case wide open. The detectives kicked the door open and said, You're a wild cannon. You've you- you got to stop it. I, I have to. <laughs> i <can> got to find <laughs> the truth. i got to do it. Uh, you're off the case. Uh, and, and then You're you off the case. You- you, you've solved it. I, I think that when the Beyonce fans and the Decker fans here, they're going to be like, yeah, that's, it's true. And we're probably going to get official confirmation eventually. And it turns out the real Becky with the good hair was the friends we made along the way. It's true. Uh, if you could name a hot sauce, what would you call it? And why? Mild child. It's like wild child, but mild. You have mild hot
3: sauce? It's not that spicy. Why mild child? I, it rhymes with wild child. and It's a play on that phrase. It's it's kind of a coincidence that we started talking about hot sauce immediately after we, st- like, stopped talking about, like, Formation, which is, like, like, a song that very famously includes a line about hot sauce. It almost feels like I keep on accidentally segueing into the next question, like, very accidentally.
0: I would call my hot sauce Hades Breath.
1: You think milk is spicy. I'm not sure I trust your judgment on this issue. Is that it? You've been enlightened by ten questions?
0: No. There is a part two.
1: Oh, Christ. When is it out?
0: Patience, my child. Patience.
1: If you call me your child again, I will kill you. I... No. I mean it. I will. When is part two?
0: As soon as Tessa edits it.
1: This is kind of breaking the fourth wall a bit, isn't it?
0: That is the first step to enlightenment. Tune in for part two soon, my children.
4: A body slam my chest and break my ribs Like a baker's dozen of eggs Each rib's a-humpty-dumpty Never to be put back together again And open up my lips and shove delicious air down my throat But my dirty lungs I've got a bad sidewall leak And when I start to move I know it's not me It's just a final desperate twitch And when I don't come to Punch the air and curse your God, but please know it's not your fault You did your best You did your best You did your best